Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first Health That's Personal bonus episode. Today, we're sharing more from our time with scientist and educator, Dr. Trish Lee. As promised, she has a ton of wonderful information about parenting, from her experience raising five kids and time as a coach for parents with children facing ADHD and anxiety. She also explains how your brain reacts to playing video games and why you should maybe consider getting off technology for a while each day. She has so much to share, we couldn't fit it all into one episode. So please enjoy more of our conversation with Dr. Trish Lee. I mean, you, you brought up Pavlov and, you know, the dogs, of course. So I was thinking earlier when you were talking about that, it kind of reminded me of when you're training a dog, not that, you know, I'm comparing that, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but it kind of reminded me the best approach is when they do something wrong, don't yell at them. When they do something right, reward them as much as possible. Like you said, we're going to reward ourselves too when we do those things that are good, right? So it kind of just Definitely. tied those two. And it kind of reminded me of when I worked as a behavioral coach, when you work with the kids too, you do those similar approaches. When you yell at the kid or you scold them, that's not as helpful as when you you try to push for those positive behaviors rather than punishing. So I think that yeah. I'm seeing a lot of connections Absolutely. that are exciting. So yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's really exciting. Yeah, and I, I've also earned a master's in educational leadership. Okay. So I coach parents all the time too, parents that have children with ADHD or pretty significant behavioral issues. That's really wonderful. And you're totally right, Sean. The number one thing that I tell them is keep your kid out of trouble. And, and they're like, what do you mean? And I explain exactly what you said. Don't ever deliver punishment. Set them up for success as much as possible and reward them as much as possible. But you have to deliver consequences, but consequences are different. And in our home, we have our children choose the consequences with us. Don't get me wrong. I'm delivering them sometimes, but (laughs) I choose ice cream. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. It's always electronics. You know how that goes. So we agree that if they violate a family rule, which inevitably someone does just about every day, (laughs) that, that they then aren't able to use their electronics for a time frame. But it's not like it's not a punishment. Yeah. It's it's you know, these are the rules, man, and you need to follow them. And if you can't if you make the choice not to, but most times it's oh, your you know, your room is clean, awesome job. Yeah. That's a reward. It's lots of positive feedback and it's minimal, you know, negative feedback and it's no punishment. It's so great that you can have those conversations with them too. <laughs> you know, it's, yeah, it's really yeah. wonderful. Let's talk about this. Let's, yeah. Why are we doing this? Yeah. Right. It's not just a, suddenly yeah. you can't use your phone <laughs> for a week. Oh yeah. They love it. They call it, they call it, if you've ever seen the Incredibles, we're like, we got mom monologue. Yeah. <laughs> I love that movie a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's great. I'm like, yeah, well, yes, you do. Sit down. <laughs> and awesome. the science, which I am a scientist by nature. So I will continue to use the word science, whether people like it or not. <laughs> science behind neurofeedback is so strong the number one you know thing people will say is there's not enough science to support it there's tons of science to support it and there's a brand new study out on adhd that shows even more stringent research parameters and showing how effective it is especially for children with adhd and that remission of adhd rates is so low so it really can take the brain pattern for ADHD, improve it and optimize it and make it so that a person who has ADHD symptoms no longer does because they no longer have the ADHD pattern. Fascinating. That is amazing. That was actually going to be my next question. Is it something that 
lasts once it's altered or is it something that, you know, is it something that you have to work on for a while? Well, actually this new study shows that the remission rates are in the 32, it actually I think it's 32 to 45% range, which is still low in terms of mm-hmm. a scientific study. Yeah. But in our programs, we have something in place to keep remission as low as possible. So to answer your question, some people don't need anything. You change their brain and then because their brain changes itself, that creates a positive feedback loop in their brain, which keeps moving them forward without any other help being necessary. But especially people with anxiety. And now I'm working with more people who struggle with addictions, mostly alcohol, you know, people are drinking more than ever and working with more people who are addicted to pornography because pornography is the number one addiction that is brewing. It's actually not something that people talk about often, but it's definitely there. Yeah. Yeah, So not to shock and awe you, but I've just gone through a certification process to become a sexual recovery coach because it is affecting young people more than the science shows that it's going to destroy relationships if it keeps going at the rate that it's going. So, so, and the addiction brain pattern is one that is a combination of the anxiety and ADHD pattern. Okay. If you're following me, those two together can really lead to addiction. So the trifecta of those three things is what I'm specializing in. So when it comes to anxiety or addictions, people really need some behavioral modifications. So I've created coaching programs where people can work directly with me so I can individually coach them. And then I have courses that are, they're $79. So most people can afford a $79 course to learn the ins and outs of how their brain works. And then there's three huge modules that give them behavioral strategies that they can implement themselves. So some, the answer, the, unfortunately, there's no one answer. The mm-hmm. answer is some people can ride off into the sunset after a neurofeedback program with no support, but most people will need a little bit. And people with big problems at the outset, I feel like the more support they have in the end, the longer lasting the results. Okay. How do video games play into all of this? Because you've talked a bit about how things rev your brain up and how watching a movie or playing a game can kind of calm you down. Like where does playing video games fit into that continuum you're talking about? It's the polar opposite, unfortunately. And I get that there Mm -hmm. is irony or hypocrisy or whatever you want to call it in neurofeedback using video games or movies to as the modality that we use to calm people's brains down. But internet gaming addiction has just been added to the diagnostic statistical manual. People don't really realize Mm -hmm. it is now a full-blown addiction and pornography addiction is right behind it. So they're very similar. And there's a study that shows that internet gaming basically is killing off white matter and gray matter in the brain. And it, so basically it's, it's literally wow. taking your brain cells away from you and it's decreasing functionality in the frontal lobe. And the frontal lobe is where all executive function and decision-making okay. is happening. That's terrifying. So long story short, it is just terrible for people, but don't get me wrong. My son plays Fortnite every day because now that's where kids live. They live in the, mm-hmm. in the third, mm-hmm. you know, the third dimension there. That's where all their friends are. So so the yeah. key, like everything, is moderation. And yeah. the 
the way that I think of it, and I police this, I, I don't like that word, but I use it all the time, is that for my family, each day they have to be in the real world, double what they are online. I love that. And, and that can be tricky to pull off. Yeah. And my one son, <laughs> yeah. I monologued with him yesterday. We had a very long conversation, poor kids. Actually, he was very receptive. First of all, I love that you call it monologue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I said, you have to find something else that you enjoy doing because now they have so much free time where it was balanced before when the kids were going to school and that. And now that, you know, that's yeah. kind of been taken away. Everybody else has lots of things that they do except for him. And I can see it in his demeanor. So basically what video games will do is it will make that brain wired and tired. So it's a cranky, exhausted person. And mm -hmm. so I tell people this, stay up for two yeah. days, stay up for two days and see how you feel and how nice you are to people and how well you can focus in two days. That's what video games do to your brain over time. So when you, the key should be for every, it actually should be the reverse, but what we do in my house is for every two hours you're on, you have to take an hour off, but across the day, you need to be off more than you're on. Okay. Okay. So, and I like that. Yeah. Rule. And, and that I think is a very doable rule where you know the actual rule should be for every hour you're on you're off too right that's like the the that's like in a dream okay. world yeah mm -hmm. ideally yeah it's a dream world and mine's more flexible especially you know our works in front of screens but basically so this is the one thing you can remember and and should resonate with you and make you want to shut your screens down for a little bit is remember how i told you that when brains are functioning perfectly for calm focus it's, we're going to say 12 Hertz because it's between 10 and 15 Hertz. Mm -hmm. That's calm focus. Yeah. Screens, video games in and of themselves, increase the speed of your brain to 60 Hertz. Oh, wow. Which what? is significantly faster. 60 Hertz is what American electronics resonate at. In Europe, it's 50 Hertz. So the longer you sit in front of a 60 Hertz screen, your brain is attuning to it okay. and it is increasing its speed. But on top of that, now in video games and commercials and TV shows, there's so many screen changes. So, and if you just watch a commercial from today versus a commercial from 15 years ago, there's hundreds of screen changes in one commercial where there used to be two or three, you know, 10 years ago. All those screen changes are making your brain keep up with it and is really bad. It increases the speed of your brain because it has to keep processing. Right. How interesting. Yeah, it does make sense, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, if you don't mind me asking one quick follow-up, um, would there be any, for example, Animal Crossing, the new <laughs> Animal Crossing game has been out, and I'm sure you've heard plenty about that. And I feel like, do you know of any games that kind of do a, a bit of the opposite from those standard, most popular types of super engaging games? Yeah, and the slower, I always, the number one recommendation that I make around watching TV or, and TV actually has been proven scientifically to be better than computers or video games or phones, just okay. so you know. So watching a TV is better than the other two. But I tell people the slower, the better. So you're absolutely right. A slower game that you play will is better for you it's still 60 hertz that you're in front of right. so even if you're watching mm -hmm. the slowest thing in the world and you sit in front of your computer for eight hours what i do is i show people how it changes the trajectory like literally the trajectory of the speed of their brain is going up 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 when you use moderation it goes up 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 down up 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 down mm -hmm. so the yeah. trajectory across the day is much lower 
That's why moderation in front of the screen is just the number one tool. Absolutely. But I always tell people like at night, if I watch TV, which I don't usually watch TV, but if I do, I put on something super slow. And for a while I was watching Jerry Seinfeld's uh, comedians and cars getting coffee. Okay. Do you yeah. know what that is? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So good. You just watch people drive yeah. in their car and then you'll watch a espresso drip for like a solid 20 seconds, you know? And so, yeah. and you're like, ah, oh, Jerry, I like this is so, and then by the time I get done and you know, my brain feels all good. And this is totally a true story. I watched John wick and I love Keanu Reeves, but I watched yeah. John wick with my husband. And then my kids were like all bouncing around upstairs and I never yell. I never yell. And they're all bouncing around upstairs. And I go upstairs and I'm yelling at them. And I'm like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And I realize it. And I go back downstairs and I'm like, what is up? But watching so much violence that's so fast and yeah. like literally just threw my brain into high beta like it never knew. Yeah. And I'm like, I love you, Keanu, but that, that's a lot for this girl to handle late at night. It was late at night. So Perfect I'm like, that's, you know. Uh, on that note, I have a couple of good friends who I can't watch anything before I go to sleep, but I have a lot yeah. of great friends who watch Star Trek The Next Generation and things yeah. like that. And they find that so soothing and it kind of makes sense. And it would work for me, too, if it wasn't for the theme song. But yeah. <laughs> it's too it's too upbeat. <laughs> but uh, but I love that. It's like Patrick Stewart's voice. I don't know. <laughs> my husband watches Star Trek yeah. all the time. He watches and my dad watched Star Trek when I was young. So there's definitely some nostalgia there. And there's a through line of generations. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. And what feels good, what feels good to people and what they can, you know, resources, unfortunately, limit what we yeah. can do so many times. And I have a YouTube channel, too, where I I have five children. I don't know if you know that. I have five um, kids. My oldest is they're 17, 16, 15, 13 and nine. And the only mm. reason I mention oh that goodness. is I'm always saying that I'm a YouTuber and they're always telling me that, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, no, not that time. <laughs> Keep saying that, please. Yeah, I but, love it. <laughs> but right now I have almost 300 YouTube videos and I've just been doing Amazing. it casually. I haven't even tried hard. Yeah. But I, what I do is if anybody has a question for me, they'll email me and I'll answer their question via video. And then I put I that, that on YouTube. Oh, that's awesome. So that more people can benefit. And then I tag it so that if anybody puts the same question into YouTube, my video will pop up and I haven't even tried and I've been getting more and more subscribers and the subscribers will put questions right on YouTube and then I make them a video. Oh. And that's my way of supporting yeah. people Another, without any money. Another positive feedback loop. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. <laughs> of course, it's not a full neural feedback program, but some of these strategies they're not rocket science. They make a difference. They make a difference yeah, if you yeah. implement them consistently over time. The fact that you've gotten subscribers and viewers without, you know, like you said, trying too hard just shows that people are really looking for answers to these questions. Yeah, they are definitely. Thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Health It's Personal. Follow us wherever you get your podcasts for bonus episodes and new releases every Wednesday. Please listen, subscribe, engage, and send us topics we can explore that would help you on your journey. Because health, it's personal.